I'm Charles Christoph Carter. And I'm Ellen Carter. We'd like to welcome you to this week's episode of Serial Dreadfuls, your place to find thrilling original content spanning everything from dark historical fiction to science fiction, horror, adventure, and the supernatural. If you like the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcast provider of choice. Every review helps the show. Thank you. In our last episode, Eaton Rawlings, Holly's surgeon, was torn between honoring the memory of his dead wife and his attraction to Holly's mother. While working at the beauty parlor, Lottie was flooded with memories from her past and the secret that led her to Camden Street. And now, without further ado, the next episode of The Seal of Solomon by Charles and Ellen Carter. Listener discretion is advised. Rose had locked the front door and was back working on her customer when two sharp taps rapped against the glass door. Lottie turned toward the front door and saw Anthony. He was a short man, about five feet four inches tall, and rather portly. His dark sunglasses looked like two black holes where his eyes should have been. His olive-colored skin contrasted with the bright orange short-sleeved silk shirt and black pants he was wearing. His hair was cut to draw your eyes away from his receding hairline. His bodyguard, Rock, was with him. Rock was Dennis Jurgen's ring name. He was six feet three inches tall, and he had a violent temper inside and outside of the ring, which had helped him to become a rank heavyweight. A severe head injury from an automobile accident had all but put an end to his boxing career. However, it was his wife who had delivered the final blow. Lottie had heard that he had used his wife all five feet two inches and 105 pounds of her, as he would a light bag in the gym. He had broken her jaw, shattered her cheekbones, and cracked her ribs. She had him arrested for assault with a deadly weapon. He had spent three years in prison. He now worked for Anthony as his personal bodyguard. Anthony nodded his head once, and Lottie responded immediately, understanding the simple gesture. She walked over, unlocked the door, and opened it. Anthony stepped inside, followed closely by Rock. Ladies, ladies, you all look so beautiful today. Even in this heat, your beauty doesn't wilt. That's a dazzling shirt you have on, Anthony, he said, smiling. You like this? I was in a festive mood this morning. I figured why not brighten up everyone's life. Well, you sure have brightened up this place, Anthony, Sylvia said. We were just talking about Lottie and saying we didn't know why she hadn't become a model. 
Lottie? Now she'd make some model. He turned and looked at Lottie. She has a great body. That's it. That's it. That's what she should be called. Lottie the body. Lottie the body. I like that, Rock said and then laughed. Lottie walked closer to Anthony and said in a low voice, Anthony, I was just about to come around and see you. I have your payment for you. I just have to get my purse. You do that, Lottie. Then we'll go get a drink down at the jammer. I've got something I want to talk to you about. She glanced at her co-workers and saw that knowing look sweep over their faces. No doubt they thought it was Anthony who had been keeping her up late. And she sensed that Anthony had picked up on that and was surreptitiously using their suspicions to make them believe there was more between her and him than there actually was. It was apparent to her that he was enjoying the ruse. Lottie could feel her eyebrows furl slightly as she tried to figure out what Anthony could possibly want to talk about. She had always been good about paying him the money she owed him, and she was always on time. She smiled briefly and turned to retrieve her purse from the back room. She returned a minute later, and the two men escorted her to the front door. Rock opened the door and held it for her. Lottie turned to say goodbye. I'll see you all on Monday. Anthony turned and addressed the rest of the women in the salon. Your presence has brightened my day. Your smiles have warmed my heart. I will see you fine ladies another day. Be good to yourselves. Lottie listened to the giggling emanating from the women in the shop. It reminded her of hens cackling when a banty rooster struts into the chicken coop. Anthony stepped out onto the sidewalk behind Lottie, and Rock let the shop door swing shut behind him. The two men walked on either side of her as they made their way down the street. A few minutes later, the three of them walked through the door of the jammer. Anthony wanted to take a table in the back, but Lottie persuaded him to take one near the window. A strawberry daiquiri for the lady, a scotch in the rocks for me, and a beer for my friend here, Anthony said with a wave of his hand. Lottie opened her purse and handed Anthony an envelope containing $360. Anthony handed it to Rock, and the bodyguard slipped it into his inside jacket pocket. Lottie looked at Anthony. Aren't you going to count it? Anthony smiled. I trust you. The drinks arrived. Lottie took a sip of her daiquiri. Mmm, this is very good. You said you had something to talk to me about? Yes, I have a favor to ask. A favor? From me? What kind of favor? I'll tell you in a minute. You know that friend of yours, Lee, borrowed some money from me. I just want to know if you think she's good for it. He turned and looked at her closely through his glass of scotch as he took a sip. Yes, I know she's good for the money. You know she borrowed quite a bit of money from me. What's that have to do with me? All I did was introduce her to you. I have nothing to do with how much money she borrowed from you, Anthony. She's your friend, isn't she? Yes, but... No buts. She's your friend, and if she doesn't pay and something happens to her, then her debt becomes your debt. He glanced at Rock when he said this. She'd known Lee for the four years she'd lived on Camden Street, and she'd been a good friend. She liked Lee. She was warm and caring. She was also very responsible and usually down to earth. She was an excellent mother and had been a loving wife. Lottie knew she would do anything for Holly. Did that mean that she would borrow more money from Anthony than she could pay back? Lottie didn't know the answer to that question, and that made her nervous. Lottie could sense that Anthony knew that she was nervous. 
She took another sip of her drink and asked, How much did she borrow, Anthony? Anthony looked at her with a half-smile on his face. Let's just say she borrowed more money than I like to lend to someone like her. Then why did you lend it to her? Because I figured out a way you two ladies could pay off her debt and make me more money at the same time, he said, looking down into his empty glass. Anthony, I borrowed money from you and I've been paying all along. I have nothing to do with what Lee's done. The way I see it, you're her friend. You introduced her to me. You're her co-signer. I'm going to combine both debts into one. It's only good business. But Anthony, I've almost finished paying the money I borrowed from you with the interest. Anthony's demeanor changed from a pleasant, gregarious host to an intimidating bully, and Lottie sank back in her chair. You're finished paying when I say you're finished paying. You remember that favor I was just talking about? It's no longer a favor. It's what you're going to do. Why is it that every time I try to come on to you, you always brush me off? Like I'm not good enough for you. I was good enough to loan you money. Lottie couldn't understand what Anthony was talking about. His conversation was all over the place. She felt he was building himself up for the final blow, whatever that might be. She leaned forward and said in a shaky voice as convincingly as she could, It's not that I'm brushing you off. It's, it's me. I'm just not ready for a relationship right now. Anthony smiled and shook his head. You know, I'm branching out into other areas in addition to loaning money. I need a couple of bright, pretty girls to work for me. You know what I mean? Not every night, maybe two or three times a week. It'll be a quick way for you and that Lee girl to pay me back my money. My clients are doctors, lawyers, executives, very exclusive people. Wait a minute, Anthony. If you're talking about what I think you're talking about, I can't do that. I'm no whore. The term I use is escort. And don't tell me what you're not going to do. You'll do it or Rock will do you both. Do you understand what I'm saying here? You're going to do it. And I'm going to have another scotch. And then the three of us are going to go around to this Lee bitch and talk to her about it. So drink up. And now a preview of our next episode. Anthony and Rock show up at Lee's apartment with Lottie. In an attempt to preserve her dignity by borrowing money from Anthony rather than going on welfare, how will Lee react to the price she and Lottie must now pay because of her stubborn pride? Join our Patreon site and become a Dreadnought. For only $3 a month, you'll receive early access to free episodes, exclusive periodic content such as ghost notes and commentaries by the writers of Serial Dreadful's original series, exclusive access to Season 2 of each series as those episodes are released, as well as access to the entire back catalog of all episodes in our various series as our podcast goes forward. All this for less than a cup of coffee from you-know-who. Face it, folks, you're not going to get a better deal for original content anywhere. So go ahead and click the link in the show description now to become a Dreadnought and aid in the conversion of the uninitiated masses. <laughs>